You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. It's uh, February, new month, and same show. Appreciate you joining me. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. I'm with you every Monday through Friday. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Locked on Horn Frogs. In this segment, we'll cover uh, some TCU basketball. The men had a heartbreaking loss to Missouri um, over the weekend, and we'll look ahead to their schedule this week. Also, discuss kind of this topic that I've seen um, going around with TCU fans about Jamie Dixon, should you keep him, should you move on from him at the end of the season if things don't improve. We'll get into that in segment two. I'll talk some recruiting in segment three. We'll kind of jump around, do some news and notes uh, from around a few different programs. But we'll do all that here in Lockdown Horn Frogs. Right now, I uh, want to talk about the TCU men and their loss to Missouri on Saturday. And, man, a heartbreaker. They uh, fall to the Tigers 102-98. to um, Mike Miles was fantastic. He had 28 points on 12 of 20 shooting. Uh, Chuck O'Bannon chipped in 17. R.J. Nimhard chipped in 15. It was the best day this team had on offense all year. I mean, the offense looked smooth. Um, everybody was hitting shots. They got uh, seven points from Taron Todd. He hit some big shots in this game. They got quality minutes from just about everybody. And... Uh, you know, there was some officiating issues. Uh, it, it just felt like every single time um, Jeremiah Tillman touched the ball, which is uh, Missouri's big man, and he came into this game averaging 13-8. and eight. Well, he had 33 in this game, and every time he touched the ball in the paint in the second half, it felt like um, he was getting fouled and the, a call was getting made. Xavier Pinson also had a huge game for Mizzou. He had 36 points. On the day, he was deadly from three, and TCU was up in this game. They were up by 12 points with about four minutes to go, a little over four minutes to go, and they just blew the lead down the stretch. And Missouri was red hot in the last four minutes regulation. I mean, they were hitting just about every shot. The one shot they missed with about 10 seconds left, um, TCU couldn't get an offensive rebound. They struggled to get offensive rebounds late in that game because Kevin Samuel had to leave uh, he, he fouled out. He fouled out with about three minutes left. Um, so he fouled out. P.J. Fuller fouled out. I mean, TCU was, was fighting that all day long. But there's no excuses. I, I mean, the bottom line is they could not get stops. Uh, Mizzou hit a bunch of tough shots. There was a silly foul by R.J. Um, that led to a four-point play. You know, they, they couldn't get that rebound, as I said, even in overtime. When they were down three and it looked like the game was over, Mizzou missed a couple free throws and a lane violation uh, gave them more shots. So, <laughs> I, I mean, they could have had a chance to tie it there in overtime to force second overtime, but they couldn't even execute that. And it's it's really difficult to score 98 points in a college basketball game and not win, but that's where they found themselves. I, I mean, I'll say this, like, there were some encouraging aspects. Missouri's a good team. They're number 12 in the nation. You played them tough. Um, so, that's that's good. And you shot the ball really well. Um, as I said, that was the best the offense had looked all year long. But all that being said, you do that, you, you play well on the offensive end, 
You know, you shoot the ball, you shoot lights out, which is something they struggle with all year long. They get contributions from a few bench players, which they haven't had this season. You know, P.J. Fuller came off the bench, gave them good minutes. Uh, Jaden Ledee looked the best he has all year long. He missed games early in the season because of COVID, and it just feels like he's never been able to get in a rhythm. But he looked like, you know, somebody who um, could be a contributor here down the stretch, at least in that Mizzou game. And this is two games in a row now against Kansas and Missouri, both ranked opponents, both top 20 teams, where you've played you played them really tough. Uh, you've taken those games to the wire, but you haven't been able to close out the game in either of them. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me on Saturday, I just feel like if, if your offense, and, and TCU's offense late in games, it appears to be what they want to do, is they want to get the ball to one of their guards at the top of the key, run down the shot clock, run some high pick and roll action, let those guys isolate and create. And that's fine. I mean, that if that's what you want to do, I, I would like to see some more motion. I'd like to see, um, you know, the team kind of get into the rhythm of the offense. But if that's what you want to do, it's understandable. Um. But if you're going to do that, Mike Miles has to be the guy that gets the ball. And and I say that R.J. Nimhart is a really good player. And he had a nice night. I mean, he had 15 points, 6 of 16 from the field. So not super efficient, but not terrible. But Mike Miles, like, he is the guy. <laughs> He's the dude. I, I want the ball in his hands late. And I understand you're, you're deferring to R.J. I, I assume, you know, it's because he's a vet. He's played a little bit. And he's come up big for them in big moments. But Mike's the player that can take over the game. And and late in that game, he hit two clutch free throws that pushed that lead to three in regu- towards the end of regulation. Unfortunately, Mizzou hit a shot and, and tied it and forced overtime. He also had a play where he was isolating at the top of the key, and he – Broke down the Mizzou fin- defender on the bounce and did, you know, a few crossovers a between the leg dribble and then pulled up and nailed the three. I mean, splashed a three. And that pushed their lead, I think, to seven. Missouri quickly evaporated that. But he's he's poised. He's a great scorer. He's smooth. He has a good jump shot. He can get to the rim. I just I want the ball in his hands late in games. That's who I want taking the last shot. That's who I want making the decisions. Especially now because you're not playing for a whole lot other than trying to win some games and playing for pride. So get this kid some more experience in big moments while you can. So TCU falls to Mizzou 102-98. Didn't expect to do a whole segment on that game, but there you are. There you have it. We'll return to some basketball in our third segment today. I want to hit some on some recruiting in the next segment. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, I tell you about it frequently. Your online sports book experts. Lee Sterling runs it. He is uh, head of Paramount Sports. He's on the Locked On Bets podcast, which is your daily gambling podcast here in the Locked On Network. And BetOnline.ag is great. It's Super Bowl week. They're going to have a lot of good prop bets, a lot of good lines, you know, the over-under, all the advice you need. I look today, KC right now is a three-point favorite. That could fluctuate as the week goes on, but get in on betonline.ag. Perfect week to join. If you're new to it, 
You can get a 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's LOCKEDON. They have great lines and advice for college football, college basketball, and the NFL season as it wraps up. Also, just good sports news. It's your one-stop shop, betonline.ag. Back here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Welcome into the pod. Appreciate you joining me. Segment number two coming your way. I am Stephen Simcox, and this is your daily TCU podcast. I wanted to talk about uh, some recruiting, and Wednesday is the second national signing day. And if that caught you off guard, uh, it caught me off guard too. Um, and, you know, it, that the second signing day has really become uh, kind of an ancillary thing. The, the first signing day in December is, is now really national signing day. But there's still a chance to add some players on Wednesday. TCU, as we know, has a small class um, this year. But they're expecting, according to Jeremy Clark from 247, to potentially add one or two players um, in, in this second signing day. And the only reason I knew, I, I did not wake up this morning thinking that I just happened to uh, we were interviewing a a young man from Robinson which is a high school locally here uh, on the radio today and he's going to UMHB and I was like oh yeah signing day is is Wednesday this year so that's good to know but it's coming up um, and I saw this news come across the wire today TCU got an addition as a grad transfer his name is Aaron Hackett he's a tight end and he's a grad transfer so he's going to be eligible immediately he's originally from Venice Florida and he's played his ball at Syracuse last season Hackett had uh, 10 receptions for 63 yards and two touchdowns so not super active in the passing game last year but uh, it appears the word on Hackett is that he is a good inline blocker big physical tight end and you want to use that grad transfer spot or those spots for players that are going to fill immediate needs. And with um, Pro Wells headed to the league, or at least attempting to head to the league, with, with Tay Mike also leaving, Artavius Lynn headed out as well, the only um, tight end that really got experience this season that's going to be back on the roster next year is uh, Carter Ware. And they TCU's mainly used Carter as kind of an H-back so far. Um, sort of a fullback, and you know they'll they'll get him out of the backfield, and they'll get him involved in uh, in the passing game, maybe more than you would expect, or or more than you would think for someone who uh, who's a walk on. But um, it, it makes sense to bring Hackett in. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know the book on him is that he is a physical inline blocker. Maybe they can get him more involved in the passing game. Here in Fort Worth, that was not how he was used at Cuse. Um, but hey, any addition, I, it, I'm always of the theory like additions are good. It's it's not going to hurt you to bring in another grad transfer. Um, it's not going to hurt you to have that experience in the room. Would love it if this was a guy that had a little more explosiveness, and maybe he does. We just haven't seen it. Um, but that's not how they used him at Syracuse. I think we can all agree. TCU, uh, it, it'd be great if TCU could use that tight end position more. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I spoke about how Max Duggan really throws well over the middle of the field. I mean, that is his sweet spot. That's where he excels. 
So this is another big body that you can use in, in situations, in certain situations. He's 6'3", 240 pounds. So this is another guy that can go over the middle, can help you in the run game, and adds uh, immediate experience to the group. He had 19 starts over his career at Syracuse, 37 catches for 311 yards and nine touchdowns. So um, good red zone target. I mean, nine touchdowns. Uh, and 19 starts is a pretty good ratio. Nine touchdowns and 37 receptions is um, a really good situation uh, to come into. Uh, they also have on the roster a couple guys. DJ Rogers, he was a four-star player in the 2020 class. He was originally headed uh, to, I believe, Washington, and then that didn't end up working out, so he ends up at TCU and still kind of figuring out his eligibility situation, but um, Rogers is a big body. Jasper a lot from Argyle is 6'6", 250 pounds. I think with Jasper, they're still trying to figure out if they're going to use him as a, a tackle or a tight end, but that's another player on the roster right now that's listed as a tight end. And now you add Aaron Hackett from Syracuse. So some good news there. Um, a grad transfer can come in and, and contribute right away from the Horn Frogs. Also, um, Donnie Wingate, he is a, an athlete from uh, Choctaw, Oklahoma, and good size, uh, 6'3", 220 pounds. He played linebacker, defensive end, and tight end there at Choctaw High School. He was uh, the team captain last year, and he's going to be part of the 2021 class. And he announced today on Twitter that he is committed to TCU. Now, I, I did some digging on this. And I believe, I can't say this definitively, but I'm like 99% sure Wingate's coming in as a preferred walk-on. So this is not going to be a scholarship player, um, but he's coming in as a preferred walk-on. He had a preferred walk-on offer from Oklahoma State as well. So not sure exactly what led to him coming to TCU. But as I said, played multiple positions there at Choctaw High School. Seemed to be a huge part of what they were doing. And looks like he's excited to be there in Fort Worth. So that's another name to sort of watch. I don't think Donnie's going to come in and uh, make plays immediately or anything like that. But he, he'll have a chance to play maybe at some point and, and make that team. Uh, uh, his teammate, Chase Jackson, is a wide receiver. And he came in in the 2021 class and he enrolled early. And just looking at, uh, at Twitter, it looks like Donnie came to see him um, earlier this semester. So... Some good news on the uh, TCU addition front. Um, you get a grad transfer in Aaron Hackett, who uh, comes in as a tight end, and then Donnie Wingate announced as a preferred walk-on that he will also join the Frogs. We'll take a break when we come back. I want to circle back to a TCU basketball discussion we had earlier. We'll also talk about the women. They fell to West Virginia on Saturday, and they actually get a pretty good break here eight days off before they play again on Sunday against Kansas. So we'll break all that down next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a, a great company. It's um, a website, but it's really a family business. And they've been in business for a long time, serving auto parts customers. And if you're like me and you don't know anything about cars and just the, the thought of uh, getting parts gives you anxiety and am I going to get the right thing? Am I going to know how to install this? Rock Auto is great because with all the makes and models that are out there now, um, it can be confusing. Am I getting the right deal? Am I getting the right part? Rock Auto makes it easy for you. They allow you to compare across manufacturers. You can also uh, compare across companies. 
rockauto.com. Um, they have a how did you hear about us section. And that section, I'd love it if you check Locked On so that they know that their ads are working. It's it's the great it's a great website for do-it-yourselfers. It's a great website for weekend warriors, um, for mechanics, or for clueless people like me. Go to rockauto.com today. Um, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Let's do it. Let's talk some uh, TCU basketball once again. And I appreciate uh, Tommy chiming in on Twitter. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at SimcockSteven. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on TCU. I'd love for you to interact with me a little bit more if you don't mind. Um, I'd, I'd really like to get some back and forth with the audience. But I know this is still early on. We're still growing. But I asked the question um, on Friday. I, I said, hey, you know, where are we at with Jamie Dixon? Because I, I didn't like this comment that he made after the Kansas game. Coach Dixon basically said, hey, you know, we've had 90 to 100 practices canceled this year because of COVID because we haven't had enough players on the floor to play five on five. And I understand how challenging that is. I get the difficulty of not having your rotation in the, you know, on the practice floor regularly, not being able to go through your sets, um, work on your communication, work on your timing, work on your rhythm, all these things. And in basketball, maybe more than any other sport, that's difficult. But at the same time, everyone's dealing with COVID like every school in America is and everyone is missing players, whether it be during games, during practice, you know, that's not just a unique to TCU situation. And and I wondered what our audience thought. Did you think this was Jamie making an excuse or did you just feel like this was uh, him being honest about the situation? And Tommy chimed in and said, with regards to JD using the mispractices as, as an excuse, I agree 100%. I feel better about the program after this recent loss. That should have been a win. His best teams were with the last guy's players. We should be better than we are. We should have better players. And thank you, Tommy. And I didn't just read your tweet on the podcast because you said you agree with me 100%. But that is a good way to make sure that it's read on the podcast. But you can disagree with me, too, if you want. At LockedOnTCU, at SimcockSteven. Uh, we just got a puppy if you heard some barking there in the background. I got a puppy about a week ago. His name is Blue, and I'm terrible at training him, so he's making a lot of noise, but that's okay. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Um, But going back to Tommy's tweet, you know, I'd agree with most of what he said, and that's my problem as well with this program. I just think it's very stagnant. I think it's very flat right now, and Tommy brought up a point that I was actually thinking about this morning. Trent Johnson... I mean, he deserved to be fired. Like, listen, the, the program was terrible. The team was bad. All his teams were bad. I think his best team went like 5-13 and 13 in conference play. But Jamie's best season was two years after Trent left. And I think it's a little bit of a misnomer to say those are Trent's guys because Alex Robinson was a transfer from A&M. I can't remember exactly when he came in. But I feel like it was around the time Jamie took the job. Uh, Jalen Fisher was a Jamie Dixon recruit. Desmond Bain was a Jamie Fisher recruit. Now, there were some players like uh, Cameron, or excuse me, Brandon Parrish, um, Kavar Shepard, Kenrich Williams, that were Trent Johnson guys. And that team that made the tournament had a few of those guys on the team. So I don't think it's completely fair to say that 
those were Trent's guys. That team was Trent's guys. But I think Jamie peaked too quickly. Like, I just feel like when he took the job, my thought was this is going to be a four- or five-year process to get this program to respectability, to get this program to a place where they were going to compete for an NCAA tournament berth. Well, he blew past that. Year one, he wins the NIT. Year two, they go to the NCAA tournament. And then that becomes what you're looking for moving forward, and that just hasn't been what they've done. So now it just it looks like the team's taken three or four steps backwards. So I don't think his job needs to be on the line. But I will say this. I think next year is, is key. Like you have to get some momentum going into next season. You have to be better. And I think you have to be like at least on the verge of a tournament berth. You don't necessarily have to get in, but you need to be on the bubble to really justify continuing this thing moving forward. I appreciate Tommy chiming in on Twitter. I'd love for uh, y'all to do that. One last thing before we go here. Got a couple minutes left. Women's basketball, they fell to West Virginia on Saturday. Tough game for the Lady Frogs. They stayed in it for most of the game, but they end up losing by 10 points. And now they get a long layoff between before they play Kansas on Sunday, January 7th. And that should be a good game. They beat the Jayhawks earlier this year. You'd like to see them sweep an opponent, get to four wins in conference play, and kind of see where they go from there. Uh, Lauren Hurd had a nice game against West Virginia. She's having a really good season despite all the adversity. Proud of her for fighting through it. Reagan Peebley squad, they're still trying to get it done. Um, And looking forward to that game coming up Sunday, January 7th against KU. But they won't be playing the rest of this week as they get a little time off. Tomorrow, we'll talk some more TCU basketball. We'll also get you ready for the second National Signing Day, which is coming up on Wednesday. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.